Hello and welcome to season two of The View Looks Good. You're joining me, Anne de Passos. And me, Kim Fanikirk, as we explore a melting pot of disciplines from the likes of neuroscience, behavioral psychology, somatic work, leadership science, mindfulness, and so much more. And why? Because we want to share ideas that contribute towards the evolution of business design, organizational culture, leadership, and thriving as human beings. Welcome. This episode, actually, this is when I wish we did video versions of this, because if you could see the smiling faces that I can see (laughs) right now, (laughs) it is... We can listen. We can hear the laugh. You can hear all of the energy. Uh, this episode, Anne and I are joined by Ima Andres, who is, can I call you a friend? Because I don't yeah. even know, like, how are we going to put this into context? But uh, we are joined by this <laughs> incredible soul, incredible spirit, who um, has been listening to the podcast, but has uh, it's been a privilege of mine to work very briefly with you, probably I was thinking like six, seven years ago. Um, it must have been, yeah, because I moved to Spain in 2018. So that must have been around 2017, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how I'm fascinated actually about how we can uh, come into contact with other people in our lives and somehow, even when we're not in the same space, the energies somehow keep colliding and working together. Does that make sense? I think I just, you know, that sounds a little bit out there, but it really feels like that. It feels like somehow the connection of energies has continued between the two of us. Mm. And now it's just my pleasure to bring Anne into the mix on this because <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, Emma, wh- where can we start? Um I don't know. <laughs> Where, I, I guess um, picking up on what you're saying about how the energy somehow has has kept us in touch. I think when we interact with other people in business or in our personal lives, um, sometimes people do make an impression, and sometimes there's a there's real chemistry between the energies of two people or more people. And so when you walk away, um, you can. I mean, social media gets a lot of criticism for making us waste time, but it's also a really good tool to keep in touch in a very low-key way with people who we might not know very well, but somehow they've made an impression on us. And I think that's how we've maintained this contact because I always liked what you were doing on social media because it's not... um, boastful and in your face and to me it was really meaningful so I always enjoyed listening or watching what you were putting out there and then when I found your podcast which I did I think you were probably at the end of season one because I I remember just listening to season one all in you know two goes really um I thought oh this just really resonates with me and it just I'm all for reaching out to people and saying I just love what you're doing um Mm. we don't do that enough and I just sent you an email and you replied and many months later here we are having a chat seeing you know seeing our faces again after all those years yeah I'm I'm so with you I think that um that social media thing does get a bad rep and it is this wonderful way to when when you're careful about who um, when you curate what you follow, I suppose is really it. So what I'm dying to know is when we last met, we were talking about things fundraising. You know, that was yeah. that was the context of our lives. Um, we were both working in fundraising. I, how would you describe the journey you've been on, at, you know, since then? And, and now, how would you describe what you do now? What is, because I can see so many parts to you at the moment. And then from that, I want to see how all of this work, talking about nervous systems, is then fitted into that. But what's that journey been like since we were last together? Well, uh, my life 
completely changed. I mean, I'm originally from Spain. I was born and raised here until I was in my 20s when I moved to the UK. Um, and I was, I lived there for about 14 years. And towards the end of it, I started to um, feel like I wanted to move away from where I was, but I didn't really know where and what I was going to do. Because I had been uh, so used to having um, a very stable job and always working full time. And I was lucky enough that I was in a sector that I really enjoyed and that I found uh, very stimulating intellectually. And also it, it was very fulfilling. It was also very frustrating at times, but, you know, <laughs> most mostly fulfilling. And, um, and I was learning things every day. Um, Oxford, which is where I lived, is a very interesting place because it's full of people who come and go. And I was in my late 30s and I was a little bit tired of saying goodbye to friends. And I kind of, I was yearning for, you know, growing roots somewhere. Little did I know that um, the universe, I guess, had something prepared for me that was very unpleasant to begin with, which was my mother being diagnosed with lymphoma. And within three weeks, well, within a few hours, I decided um, to move back home. I found out when I was in Milan on a trip to meet with a potential partner. So I was on a business trip and I was on my own. I didn't have friends or family around me. And I remember sitting at the airport and talking to my cousin on the phone and saying to her, I think I've decided I'm moving home to be with my mum. So I left everything that I had built in my adult life. I left my house, my job, my friends. I sold my car, everything in three weeks. And, um, and I moved back. And then... I was lucky enough that my family has had a business since the 1980s and it's in the engineering sector. So it's not something that I'm very familiar with, but it's given me a lot of stability. And at the time, um, I had just started my yoga teacher training. I had been practicing yoga for on and off for a long time. And that's where all the nervous system and my interest in it comes in. And I decided to train as a yoga teacher just to do it for me. I had no plans of teaching. But when I moved to Spain and I started caring for my mum, I needed to work part-time to be there for her more. And that opened up with time. And as she got better, and she's doing really well now, um, it opened up this time where... Uh, by fluke pretty much um, I started teaching yoga here I started teaching in a studio to begin with and then the following year it was four or five and um, I opened one with another yoga teacher so that's been a huge part of of my life here in Spain and I guess looking back um, my life in the UK was very um, tidy, if you like, and traditional, as in I had um, a full-time job. And here, I, I guess because of what happened to my mum and everything being up in the air, I became a bit braver and um, I connected as well with um, the entrepreneurial um, energy from my parents and my brother, and I was less scared to try so I've kept pretty much this duality of you know mornings in the family business and then the rest of the time to really to play um, mm. and and do what I want to do what brings me joy which is yoga um, when my daughter was born I stopped teaching because I just couldn't I couldn't do it in the way I was doing it um and now I'm in the process of trying to create what that looks like in the future for me and how I can um, I can teach again and I can, um, it's not teaching really. I don't 
believe in teaching and yoga it's more about holding space and facilitating a practice for people uh, while still being present for my family it really is beautiful to hear your <clears throat> the process you've taken to make decisions you know, I think sometimes we can make these decisions with like, ah, oh, resentment of leaving something behind, fear of what the future is. Um, I, I don't know, but there seemed to be a, a real clarity in mm -hmm. you as you made the decision and a joy in your decisions that you had made, not in the situation, but in the decisions that you've made and, the, and what you wanted to do. And, and in that it sounds like that that energy has also then helped you to propel because you're not sitting with these massive blockers that are that you're fighting that noise every day but mm. there is peace with your decisions and then you can go out and you can and I love that you say connecting with your family's entrepreneurial um, spirits and energy and like this is what's around me how do I use what is here what stability is here to build from that rather than to to um you know try and fight it there's a lot of accepting adapting listening to uh what is guiding me and then following that in um in togetherness i don't know if that's the right word may i ask how is your mum yeah, she's doing really well. Yeah. It's been she's seen remission and she's been in remission for for a long time. The type of lymphoma that she has is uncurable, but it's uh, very livable with. <laughs> so um there are lots of different types and the particular one that she has um she has to she's had to learn to live with some symptoms. Um but she's yeah she's she now looks after my daughter every morning <laughs> which I think is in a way it's her medicine um yeah they they really enjoy their time together I think in my listening to that journey um I'd love to get you reflecting on the nervous system throughout that journey mm -hmm. because as I hear you talking now it's someone who's incredibly grounded with the fate of what has come along, very accepting of it, very, like you said, playful with it. Um, what, you know, especially now, I, I, I just, it's such a privilege for me to have conversation with someone who's like, is, was it that retreating dorsal free mm. state going on? Where did you notice that extending fight flight going on? What was that journey like? And, and or where have you found those moments of balance in that journey? Um, there's not a, a very simple answer to it, as I would like to uh, give you. But I think it's a combination. Um, I think, first of all, we just need to accept that there's so much, so, 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 so much in this life that's outside of our control. And... I mean, trying to control all of it is just wearing ourselves down and it's just completely hopeless and fruitless. So if we accept that there's a number of things and quite often, I mean, when something big happens to you, it's devastating at the time, but it's also quite humbling and you just, you know, you have to get through it. And there's no, I couldn't control her help, uh, her health, sorry. Um, so that which seems like a curse is actually something, is an experience that helps you put everything in perspective and suddenly um, not being able to achieve X, Y or Z is just put into perspective and it just doesn't matter that much so there's an element of that and then there's another side to it which are the practices that we have daily weekly however maybe they're sporadic and we come and go and we 
Um, and it doesn't have to be one thing. There are a number of practices and we can be very creative with them and playful. I'm all for play and joy. <laughs> and for me, yoga was super important. And it was important because I've always been an overthinker. And so yoga helped me to get into my body and it helped me understand also when I started training as a yoga teacher I started learning more about the nervous system and then you understand that a lot of it is physiology and it's not about you being a terrible person or you not being good enough that you can't keep calm it's just a case of you know if your if your nervous system is overly stimulated if it's always alert if you don't get rest to recharge then it just happens that you're more frazzled and you find it more difficult to make decisions um you will tend to go for the easy option of repeating something that has already worked so taking that into the business arena this way of being that we tend to praise um which is all about action and the archetypal masculine energy it really inhibits innovation and it really inhibits creativity and you end up sort of always doing the same because you're too tired to think about a new way of solving this problem so um having practices having in your personal life that help you um nourish your parasympathetic nervous system that helps you come into balance um it's what's going to serve you well for um for making the best decisions for being um creative for driving innovation in your business if you need to like everyone needs to anyway <laughs> um yeah so much I want to unpick in that one of the first things I just want to take you back to and really because if I'd gone back to myself even like six seven years ago if someone had said you need to get into your body I would have just no idea what they were talking about and I think it's such a valuable thing for us to um, unpack it's like what does that mean when you say get back into your body and what was that like as an experience just it's very simple just paying attention to what your body's telling you so just simply now if we just put I mean you two if you like and anyone who's listening if you want to close your eyes and put hand on your chest and a hand on your tummy and just breathe and do nothing but just pay attention to your breath maybe the temperature of the air as it comes through your nose or it might be that your attention just goes to how your hands are rising and falling. Or that little bit of contact between your hands and the texture of your clothes. And maybe notice how fast or how slow you're breathing. Just knowing that there's no right or wrong. And how does your body feel? You might feel some tension in some pockets. And I invite you to welcome that tension and just be friendly with it. And just like that, you just got into your body. <laughs> and I... I... First of all, please sign me up for your next yoga class because <laughs> sounds incredible already. Um, but it's so Actually, maybe just as a quick interlude, do you offer online yoga classes? At the moment, way? I'm just I'm taking a break at the moment. I'm sort of working out um, how that's what that's going to look like. It's definitely going to be online. Um, at the moment, I'm thinking it will probably be focused on Spanish. Um, it will be Spanish speaking, mostly because when I've tried to do something in English, I guess because I'm here, my community's here, 
that's where the appetite is. But I've always wanted to do something in English. During COVID, during lockdown, I used to do a yin class online. Um, there are actually people, Kim, that we, uh, friends we have in common who used to come and practice online. <laughs> Um, so I've always enjoyed it. I've always wanted to. And if there's appetite, then I will, I will do it. Anne and our energy are just saying yes. <laughs> Send all the details and we'll post them so we can just ooze it out. And see. Okay. okay. <laughs> if this, so getting into the body and out of just the head, because, you know, I think that's often the thing, isn't it? You think but I'm in my head, that's my body, therefore I'm in my body, but it's really not, is it? It's about saying, being present with the whole body. Now, I'm imagining that life brings me series of events and things are big and um, taking a turn that's very different to the stability and the predictability of everything you had when you were in the UK. When you tune into the body, that I imagine you're going to come up and part of why we don't tune into the body and we disassociate is because there's a lot of big things that we might find happening within those emotions and those sensations. What do you think was key to you finding that bravery that you mentioned in the midst of being connected to what must have been a, a, a huge range of emotions? Mm um it was very simple whenever I thought about moving to Spain I felt a sense of excitement in my body it's just as simple as that and the body always tells you always you can rationalize something if you've got a big decision to make quite simple and powerful exercise is to imagine yourself doing one thing and imagine yourself doing something else and noticing how your body feels there will be one of the options where your body will feel constricted and tense and there will be another one where you will feel looser and more open and you might feel even excited and so that's the one, that's your body and your intuition telling you that that's the path. And so if you think about it rationally, it might look crazy, but it's clearly the one to pursue. Because if you pursue the other one, you're going to feel constricted and tense throughout all that process. Whereas it might feel like taking a big leap to do something. But if it's the right thing for you, it's the right thing for you. I was actually um, um, going through the process of making a decision that feels a bit radical and big for me in my little world um, and interesting what you say because uh, around that feeling there was definitely that feeling of excitement and at the same time what I noticed was why am I not wanting to just go for that and then it allowed me to go okay well let me feel into all the things that feel difficult about the decision um child care uh being away expenses um like whether this is even a good idea or not and and there is something even in that to allow all of those things to show themselves as well and go mm. okay so I can see what it is that's stopping me but what is it that I really want to to do so can I can I find solutions for those and make it and it's so lovely to say because it was one of those very clear moments of like but I know this is what I want to do it just feels out of my comfort zone but I know it's what mm -hmm. I want to do um, and so, so yeah. you've got the ability to make it happen it's just I know I want to do it I just need to I don't need to figure out if I do it or not I just need to figure out how I make it yes. happen Ooh, but that's the difference because mm. if the analytical mind creeps in at that point, it can kind of ruin it all in mm. the sense of, have I got a budget to do it? Is it possible? Oh, I'm going to be putting burden on people. And like you can just really eat away at the appetite and the excitement. So, Imo, you're saying there's a lovely little hack of 
just don't <laughs> just ask how you're now going to make yeah. it happen because you want it yeah because <laughs> it's not just that you want it it's that your whole body's telling you do it and that's very different to um just wanting something when you want something with every fiber of your being um it's very different to just wanting something um if I'm a really big fan of journaling and just getting your thoughts out there and asking yourself questions it's not just I mean I've been journaling since I was about eight I think since I can remember and then it was about this and this happened today and I went to play with my friend <laughs> but over time it's evolved and I like to ask questions and say ask myself the tough questions why do I want this why is it that this person annoys me so much why do I react in this way when my partner does x and this um, self-inquiry it just helps you understand yourself so much more I want to say it's not about disregarding what the mind says our brains are very powerful they're very useful if we didn't have thinking brains we wouldn't be able to navigate life we need them mm -hmm. but sometimes we get wrapped up in the stories they create and they mm -hmm. can be those stories can be very detached from reality and sometimes we can get worked up by things that haven't happened are not going to happen and yet we give them so much space um so I really like this um asking yourself in lots of different ways and see what answers come up and that's another way of practicing to get to know yourself a lot better and to get to know your motivations and your values and if you um I just fundamentally believe there's an easier way of doing things like um, in everything. And I know that you two talk a lot about the business space. And to me, that is really important as well. But we're so used to business having to be hard. And I remember in the last episode that I listened to um, of your podcast I think Kim you were saying how everybody else would be so much happier if and reassured if you said you were really stressed um, as that being a sign of oh every, she's doing so well she's so stressed um, I don't believe it has to be that way I think if we are acting from an aligned place and from a good state it's so much more, it's so much easier to make decisions, to act. It's that we have to put in the work to get into that state. And that can be through meditation, through movement, going for a walk. Um, it can be something a bit more mundane as well. I used to, when I used to get stressed um, in that fundraising job, I would just tidy my desk <laughs> because if I had a tidy desk, then I could think clearly. So do whatever you need to do to get into that state of openness and awareness. And when you get into that state, then everything is so much easier. So the work is not in coming up with the solutions and um, all the outputs. The work is in how you get yourself internally to a place where um, you kind of um, unblock yourself and then everything just comes out have you two heard of the artist's way yes yes i've got a copy yes. on my bookshelf yes. i'm just i think um, it might be you that keeps talking about it to me kim because okay. i don't know if it's you or someone else <laughs> it's really interesting i'm so on my um it's work in progress for me so i'm doing it with um a friend and a group of her friends who live in new zealand and we're just working our way through the the weeks and one of the things so it's a book that was written in the in the 90s I think it was 1992 by someone called Julia Cameron and it she believes that we are all inherently creative and there's an artist within all of us 
And all we need to do is just nurture that artist. So she has two practices that are the two pillars of the artist way. One of them are the morning pages, which I think most people are familiar with. So each day you start the day and you write three pages of just your thoughts. And it's a way of emptying your brain of a lot of rubbish that is there so that you, um, it's like clearing your house and then all the good creative stuff will come through. And the second one is the artist dates. So every week you should take yourself out for a solo date to do something that tops you up. Um, so I find the morning pages actually are, are very meditative. Um, I don't know if I said that right. But anyway, they're like meditation. Um, and because you have to write the three pages, it's incredible how many things you end up paying attention to that you wouldn't otherwise. Um, so again, another great practice to get yourself into that state where then making decisions, um, tweaking parts of your business or of a project uh, will be a lot easier. They don't have to be like, pushing water uphill yeah. I've I encourage morning pages quite a lot even with clients just because it's just that way of clearing what's in there it's quite cluttered and sometimes it comes out really cluttered but there's such clarity afterwards or there's such insights sat on those pages from mm. where you're going I feel like we've got so many nice hot tips coming <laughs> But actually what I love the most about listening to Emma is, is that you're not, there's no message here of like, there is some holy grail where everything is beautiful and you just do these things and you just swim along. It's like, no, we're human. You can see her shaking her head. She's like, no, we are human, right? And, and it is to have this complete smorgasbord of everything going on, but to regulate with yes. these beautiful practices. Um, whilst you were uh, dealing with all the tech, Anne and I just shared a moment of realizing we're so curious about the bravery that you've described, but, but the energy you're taking into designing a life as a mom with young children, a young child. Mm. Um, and there's so much, I think, at the moment about uh, awareness of, I saw you post this morning, uh, awareness of inequity in how men and women's careers progress in parenthood. Um, I'd love to hear more about how are you approaching life oh. and, and designing a life as yes. a mom? So I have to say that maternity motherhood has been a really humbling experience I've always considered myself a feminist and it's made me um, re-examine parts of that feminism and that equality because I found in in my case um, I chose to breastfeed my daughter which meant that we have spent many hours <laughs> doing that. I read somewhere that a full-time job is around 1,900 hours a year and breastfeeding a baby in the first year of their life is about 1,800 hours. <laughs> so it's just really, really full on. And she's still, she's 18 months old and it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> um, that means that... Um, I don't know, I just, I don't have the time physically to <clears throat> do other things. I'm in, in a very privileged position because I do have the ability to work part-time because my partner um, works full-time and so we we are very stable. And I, the shift for me has been to think about us as a family and how we all contribute. So... The work I do with the time I spend with my daughter is something that I'm contributing to my family. The way we set up our finances, um, everything is thinking about 
us as a family and not as one individual, another individual, both of us having to work equally to bring in the same amount of money. Um, and this is a season in life as well. Like you just have to take that into consideration that she will grow up and things will change. So for me at the moment, for something to work, it has to work for my family and for my daughter. I'm not, I decided months ago to sell my half of the yoga studio because I just couldn't make it work for us. I didn't want to come home at 10.30 at night after the evening classes that I had been teaching um, because it wasn't worth it. I just want to put my daughter to bed. And I completely respect who doesn't feel that they need to and they're really happy for their partner to do it. I'm I'm not here to tell anyone how they need to live their life. This is how, um, based on my daughter's temperament and, you know, um, her personality, mine, and what works for us as a family. And, and so I'm very clear that for us, um, family, quality family time is paramount. And we just strive to have that and have free time together. We have a house in the mountains where we like to spend time weekends and time in the summer and um for me my partner works in a way that's quite flexible as well well not flexible but he has lots of time so um if I have the luxury of being able to design what my work life looks like why am I going to do something that's limiting and something that doesn't allow me time with my family when I can do otherwise so that's um a big driver for me time time with my daughter and, you know I've had her when I was when she was born I was 41 so <laughs> she's very wanted and I want to see her I want to spend time with her I enjoy uh, playing with her and she's very sassy and um yeah it's it's quite amazing to see the world again through the eyes of a child, of a baby or a toddler, and how excited they get when they see birds and, you know, all those things. So I just want to enjoy it. Oh, mm. I have to say that I needed you to share that today so badly because this whole weekend I have had the biggest victim mentality going on like full retreating energy on uh woe is me I've had to take all this time off my work because my partner couldn't over half term and 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 actually hearing you express it in the most ventral beautiful gorgeous glorious way it's a nice little mirror to be like, oh, you just, you'd really left that post, Kim. You left sight of how privileged we are. I certainly feel how privileged I am to have that flexibility um, to design a life. Uh, and that victim mentality creeps in. It's one of my big ones. I have to like watch it like a hawk. Um, so it's so nice to see to have you spotlight the place I know I can go to with that so I'm so grateful I, I feel I get into the victim mentality sometimes as well and I think you know I've, I've hardly slept for three nights in a row and I think I am the one who's sleeping with her and not sleeping yeah and he gets to sleep <laughs> <laughs> and then I think actually I have the privilege of going to bed with her every night and being able to send her to sleep and looking at her while she's asleep and thinking, oh, we made her. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't she beautiful and peaceful when she sleeps? <laughs> so I, you know, yeah. we're all human, as you said earlier, and we all get into those um, 
those states of mind and that's completely normal I think if we have the right practices and it's just a mixture of lots of them then that's when we're able to get ourselves out of those um, funks quicker Mm. than we would otherwise and that's when we don't let them define us and we have that's why meditation is so great because you become an observer of what's happening and so you realize when uh this is just I'm just getting into this state and you yourself is like you're tending yourself a a helping hand and saying come on get out of that and you can do it a bit quicker than otherwise um but yeah we I get like that as well on Saturday afternoon I just I said I said to my partner I said I just need to go and go for a walk and then I went for a walk and I was feeling so guilty and I thought why do I feel guilty like this you know I deserve this time as well (laughs) but you know the guilt and motherhood I think they just come hand in hand so I keep in my morning pages what keeps coming up is I need to give myself more grace and I need to have um I have very high expectations of myself so sometimes I just need to lower them a little bit yeah and I think that also comes back to your point that you're talking about you know when we were saying about uh you're you know you're successful if you're exhausted and stressed you know there's also something about um I found myself this weekend, uh, we were talking about, oh, there's so many things professionally, both my partner and I have got like that we're, you know, working on. And I turned to him and I said, you know what, I'm actually just going to stop for a minute and pay attention to the fact that I put a different, relatively healthy meal on the table every night for the last two weeks. I'm just going to be actually like, that's a massive achievement, you know? Completely. And, And uh, and and I think maybe only one of those meals got rejected by a child, which also feels like a humongous <laughs> achievement. <laughs> and and we are so quick to bounce over the jobs and the tasks in parenthood mm-hmm. as valuable um, and as as part of what defines us in a really healthy way. Mm-hmm. Like we, we do have just- to. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, we, we have to remember what is our choice as well. I have to remind myself a lot of the time, well, you choose to spend time with your family. So that obviously um, means that you don't have that much time for these other things. But would you rather be doing those or time with your family? The answer is clear. Therefore, it's my choice. I can't complain about it. I can't. Mm-hmm um play victim to myself about what my life looks like because to be honest it looks like if anyone had gone back 10 years ago and told me this is what your life will be like I would have said oh really (laughs) I would have been so excited and so happy so um I can't complain really interesting you said two things at the beginning as well which I think uh, I would just love to emphasize for the audience one is you weren't only thinking about yourself in your decision making but it sounds like you've identified who is your network who is your community and what are the decisions I'm making for my community and I, that's that feels quite a, a shift although perhaps subtle a shift from oh this is so unfair because now I have to work nights or or um be up at nights compared to this is our community and the other thing you were speaking about is like it's not just work I think and this is what I'm, I've been a lot of my complaint for the beginning of this year Kim has listened to it and what I mean you hearing you say as well now Kim is like I'm away from work everything is like there is where the value where you're seen to have value and actually know the bigger picture of family health adventure exploration learning work put put all of it in there relationship Uh spirituality put it all in there and then start to have a look at the bigger picture so what of my work is satisfying other parts of my life what isn't where do I need to make time for those other parts and and then bring into what we were talking about before you creating this new life of feeling it in your body 
So like you mm. said, you kind of like it's not the answer for every mother to breastfeed. It's not the answer for every mother to take time of work, work part time. But it sounds like you put that as an option to yourself. Of, is this what I want to do? And your body got excited about it. So yeah. what is the decision we make for that or the decisions we're contemplating? Put it towards our body and then listen to what it's telling us in terms of a moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and the decision is going to work. And there's something I want to say, because it just happens that all three of us are mothers and we have, a, it sounds like a similar family structure. Um, if you're not a mother, if you're a bloke listening to this, um, if you are single, if you don't want to have children, you will have to tune into what it is that works for you and what your life looks like. This is not to say... Because I think quite often what happens, especially at work, is that for people who don't have families, tend to spend so much more time at work and burning themselves out because they're not, they don't have the kids at home or the partner or whatever. And I'm very conscious that what the reality of the three of us is mm. might look very different to other people who might be listening. So um mm. that's why it's important what we're saying is just this is what it's like for me and these are the practices that help me work out what works for me but mm. it will be it might be completely different for you and for your life experience and your life situation at this moment in time but mm -hmm. just not not having I mean children um they just they're just there they need you and you need to tend to them in one way or another um but the fact that you might not have them doesn't mean that you don't have other things you have yourself to tend to as well yeah and I think there's so much in there about that conscious choice I I love that of it doesn't like you say matter what is going on in your life there will be things you're bumping up against that say, I've got real appetite and I really want to go after that more. And the body's saying yes. And then it is that conscious choice moving into that space. Or you're bumping up against something that feels really uncomfortable. Um, and I think both um, illness in families and mm -hmm. parenthood and uh, things you're going to bump up against in work with colleagues or projects or career progression or like there's just endless things in life we're going to bump up against that it is such a beautiful moment of conscious choice and and being aware of the nervous system that can autopilot you through that mm. and can have you go through it with victim mentality or with that sort of that fight flight you know in operation is the thing to be alert to and aware of but but once you make a conscious choice and you're throwing yourself forward with the appetite and the joy, that is the sort of sweet, magical spot, isn't it? Yes. And, and I'd love to just, I, as we're sort of, I, I'm conscious of time a little, I mean, I could, I could do this for hours. Um, <laughs> and I do feel like we're going to have a part two with Eva and Andrew. Well, I was, I was going to say, we, we should do a part two. We I'm should do a part it. two. <laughs> um, but one of the things Anne and I was so curious about is this concept. You you talked about driving innovation from this space. Hmm. What is it that you've noticed and experienced using that conscious choice? Okay, this is what I'm building. This is the life I'm building. Um, how have you used nervous systems and innovation as you are designing a life for yourself okay um so this is very relevant to me right now I as I as we've talked about I've been teaching yoga for a number of years in different formats they were very traditional formats so um in uh in person in a yoga studio also online during covid but it was always live um, and then I become pregnant, I have a daughter and suddenly I don't have that pocket of time to teach, but also I didn't, I wasn't able to go to classes regularly because, uh, even though an hour of week might not sound like a lot, it being at a set time, you know, sometimes 
maybe I could make it, sometimes maybe I couldn't. I found it really difficult to find classes near me or online. Or it just didn't, it hasn't worked for me. So my desire, my the driver for this new iteration of my business is um, to support other mothers um, to find that space and time to practice at home in a way that I'm sort of holding their hand and in a way that works for my family life. So it's a tricky answer to find. And what I've been doing, I think this, the artist way has been very timely and doing the morning pages daily has been um, very timely for me because that's where sometimes my biggest insights come and it's I can't replicate what's out there because what's out there already hasn't worked for me uh-huh. as a person yeah. who would consume this who would be the audience of of this it hasn't what exists hasn't worked so I need to find a different way of doing it and I can't find the solution in one magical moment and just run with it so I'm just giving myself time to slowly slowly start mapping it out so I'm I've done some consulting with people and finding out what motivates them and what stops them from doing this and that um I've done some I haven't done any thinking structured thinking actually it's just been um sitting down with my notebook and just writing and then thinking oh you know an idea would pop into my head and be like oh this could be this way or driving in the car and thinking about this would be a good way to convey this message and just recording a voice note so I don't forget and just doing it that way in a way that feels a bit more natural and more organic um, allowing myself the time and just looking in rather than just looking at what's out there because like I said it's just it needs to be something new in a different format to what exists already because what exists doesn't work for for people for me accessibility has always been really important in in my yoga classes and since (laughs) my access to time is now limited time accessibility has it weighs more than it did before so being able to find a way to support people mostly mothers I guess because I think they're probably some and and carers people who are caring for other people you do need to nurture yourself so much and to look after yourself so that you can look after others at a time when you just can't find the time so how do I help and in in that, I'm right in the middle of that process right now of designing. And I'm at this stage where it doesn't look like I'm doing much because uh, there's no output yet. But <laughs> Kevin, I don't know what you're talking about. We've never been through this moment. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you just suddenly feel so comforted by the fact there's another crazy person doing this too (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why I find it so comforting to listen to you two (laughs) but it's it's I, I think actually um so just purely because we had a lot of family events happening and then I've had half term I've had pretty much two weeks of not really being able to pay much attention to work. And it's so interesting how fast the thoughts of doubt have begun to creep in about the process. Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you really think this is the way forward? Don't you think you should just be cracking on and doing this in a very typical way and just sit down and do the brainstorm and then create the plan and then just roll it out and just get on with it. You know, it's so fast. uh, So it's so interesting how fast that external pressure can creep in Mm. of this is how it's done and how much um determination to come back to doing it the way that feels right Mm. have and so I'm I'm 
comforting myself at the moment. It's okay to waver. And it's just like, but just remember, that's not how you wanted to do it. And, mm-hmm. um, but it is, it's, it is this exploring really new territory, isn't it? It is. And I have to say momentum plays a key role in developing a new idea. So it's not about sitting on something for the sake of it or and not doing anything it's just about taking your time and I had a mentor many years ago who gave me a tip that I I had forgotten about (laughs) now it's just come back to my awareness I remember her saying to me when you're working on a big project um, it's really good to do something uh, uh, even if it's a really low key action towards it most days and sometimes it's just about thinking about something for five minutes or sending an email to someone or just you know anything but if you just put a little bit of energy into it most days um it's really important as well so I'm not um I'm not suggesting that um I just sit there and do nothing neither do you um it's just about doing it at a different pace and mm. and like I said before sometimes the work is not so much in the outputs it's in how you get yourself into that state where everything just flows more easily mm. and is that what you would describe as innovating from within because that was a phrase you just used um probably <laughs> I did I didn't even remember saying it <laughs> sometimes you get into a trance and you're just talking <laughs> and enjoying it um yes it's just exactly about looking within and and getting yourself into that stage there's an element there's I feel like there's an elephant in the room at the moment and something that if I didn't mention I wouldn't do it justice and it's the the role of and this is something that puts a lot of people off and probably why I haven't talked about it until now. And it's the role of spirituality and uh, that is linked to creativity. Um, it, to me, at least, it feels like if, and this is also linked to when I talked about my mother becoming sick and, you know, having that clarity and there have been decisions in my life where you know you just do what you can and you leave what's not in your control in the hands of whoever you believe in call it universe call it god call it i don't know whatever um but if you believe that there is something i think all of this becomes a lot easier I'm saying this and I'm feeling so vulnerable right now because I know that it puts a lot of people off and especially in business. It's like, what? Mm. <laughs> but I but I really believe it. So if I didn't say it, I wouldn't be being completely honest. And I think, yeah. you know, that innovation from within, well, maybe it's just about you removing the block to something, you know, coming through you I know it sounds weird but I honestly believe it to be that way I I think you've articulated uh, a conversation Anne and I've had how many times Hmm. about um I think I I won't speak for Anne but I certainly second all of your thoughts on that that uh even when I work with clients clients that have a strong um religious uh spirituality to lean on actually can kind of default into this space quite easily because there's something very clear for them to connect into um and that there is uh there is something we need to find ways to get more comfortable talking about in Mm -hmm. the business space because what we are talking about is tapping into like you might call like a higher wisdom or your um intuition Hmm. or your deep knowing you know these are all phrases or universe or soul or god or we there are all these different words that we've always and i've always said it doesn't really matter what you call it but you do need to be aware that it is it is a creativity and it is a 
a wisdom and a knowing that is beyond what is in this body somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so grateful for your vulnerability. I'm um, very comforted right now. <laughs> because we do yeah, think we... we have to take the ego out. When when it all becomes about it's only me, Anne, who's oh. going to be the one who's going to solve all the problems, fix everything, make everything happen, whatever it is. But it's it's all revolving around me. We make ourselves really big and then in, in the grander scheme of things, we're really tiny. <laughs> and so we also this, put a burden on ourselves to come up with all the solutions. And sometimes, you know, I, I've i got a beautiful example of how something works out for me. Um, I was telling you at the beginning of our conversation about the moment when I moved to Spain and I had just started my yoga teacher training in Oxford and it was in person. And it was a 200-hour training. <clears throat> so I did my first module over a weekend. And then I decided to move to Spain. And I thought, what am I going to do now? So I remember on the flight to Spain. So I was in Italy at the time for work. And I flew straight to Spain to go and see my mom at hospital. And in that flight, I just wrote a load of stuff on my notebook of things that I needed to work out. And one of them was my teacher training. And I thought, okay, so I'm going to create a spreadsheet with all that I emailed um, Harriet, my the trainer, and said, this has happened and I'm going to move to Spain. Can I do this flexibly? And she said, yes, I'm going to send you the dates of the, um, of the modules for the two following intakes of students so that you can work out a calendar that works for you. So I just put it all on a spreadsheet. And this was a time when my mum was going through chemotherapy and sometimes I would make a plan to go to the cinema with a friend and then I had to cancel because she didn't feel well enough. And I thought, okay, so these are the dates I should be going to the UK for a full weekend. Um, if I'm meant to do this, if this is good, then I asked, in my case, it was God. I said, just let it happen. I didn't miss a single weekend. I didn't. And it sounds uh, nearly impossible, but I honestly, I didn't miss a single weekend. And I was able to complete my training within 12 or 13 months, instead of the eight months that it would have been if I had been living in the UK. But I still did it. Now, that, to the rational mind, it it would have been like saying, well you're moving away so you're not going to be able to do this it's impractical to do it you can't even go for this for a beer with a friend how are you going to go to the UK for four days but sometimes you just trust in something else and it mm. happens why did it happen was it coincidence maybe I don't know <laughs> I smile only because um, just before we started the call and something I, I say to my dad often, um, my dad is a biosensor, which is we could go into a whole different rabbit hole with that one. But a lot of the time it's very strange what he does, because from the other side of the world, he can pick something up, peel something. And especially with my little one who I cannot control, she responds instantly to whatever he does. So it's it's been good affirmation. But before it was always like, well, dad, I've asked for this thing. And then like I asked for a friend when I went to university and I found my husband. I was like, okay, thank you. It's coincidence, who knows? I really wanted to do dancing. And as I walked up the stairs, there was this boring and Latin dancing society. I was like, oh, okay. I asked for spiritual guidance in my life and somebody moved into the area that was just wonderful. I'm like, just coincidence. And that's why I laugh because maybe it is coincidence. But the fact that these things keep happening over and over and over again makes me wonder if perhaps there's something a little bit deeper hmm. than maybe just coincidence. Yeah. I feel like I so want to dive into more, but I'm going to suggest that we take that as a beautiful opportunity to wrap up for now. Um, and and actually it's just an invitation to anyone listening to explore what feels comforting and reassuring 
to you if it might be your spirituality it might be a certain set of beliefs but to take something from that because it brings us a sense of comfort which calms the nervous system it brings us a sense of certainty which does the same thing um, and it also brings us a sense of possibility like the things that we want to trust are possible but logically don't feel like they're they're going to be there it allows us just to let go of that and trust mm. that something more can happen which again I know plays on the nervous system so beautifully so mm. uh, no doubt in in the future to come there will be all the science to show us why these beautiful ways of being are so powerful um for now Emma thank you so much for your time thank you your gorgeous energy i didn't and she, can we just make this daily actually <laughs> this would set me <laughs> right up that would be great for me <laughs> so kim and i decided we would start our week always with checking in with each other because it was just so energizing i think kim we need to add in this extra like a uh, mindfulness yoga breath connecting mm -hmm. to body and just letting all of what is happening ourselves emerge yeah Thank more you. soon i think is what we're saying please yeah yes please and i think um even i don't know i'm just gonna leave it out there maybe even think about in the future doing something in person oh yes so we'll see we'll plant the seed maybe the universe is listening <laughs> who knows <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Here's to that happening sooner rather than later and to lots more very soon. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you.